0: Well, this morning, as I was thinking about our time together uh, today, I kind of reflected on and was reminded, uh, if you've ever read in Second Chronicles, I think it's like chapter 5, 6, 7, right in there, about um, <clears throat> Solomon's dedication of the temple and how joyful of an occasion that was, important of, a deca- of an occasion that was, and uh, I was thinking about that this week, and really, in many ways, that's what we're doing this morning, we're saying uh, we want to set this Place aside for you. Now obviously, uh, with Jesus coming and the Holy Spirit being with us now, um, obviously this place is different than a temple. Uh, it's not the dwelling place of the Lord. This building is not. We are the temple. We are the dwelling places of the Lord for those who are in Christ. Uh, but still, our desire was very similar to theirs, is that um, the Lord would bless our ministry, would bless everything that goes on this place in this place. And we would be able to continue on uh, as a church for generations to come. You know, I've said uh, before the average age of a church is somewhere around 81 years, uh, but uh, when a church begins and when it dies, um, in a sense of as uh, meaning there's no more attenders at that church. And so, for our church to have the long history that we have, it's been amazing and it's been a blessing for. From the Lord. It's been a tale of the faithfulness of those who came before us. Uh, and then as we sit here today and think about the next 40 years uh, for our church to continue on, uh, we have to ask the question you know, how do we ensure that this place, this facility, continues on to be inhabited with worshipers for generations to come? And that really is the question this morning that I think we all would like the answer to, and we all would like to know for sure that people will still be coming to this place some 40 years from now. And so I've entitled the message this morning, A Rededication. A Rededication. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 78 together. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and be turning to Psalm 78. If you don't have a Bible, just grab the one in front of you there. Uh, oftentimes, the easiest way to find Psalms is just open it up right to the middle, and there you go. Uh, Psalm chapter 78. Well last fall I decided I was going to uh, buy some new lawn equipment and one of the things I wanted to purchase because we have some taller trees was a little chainsaw that's on a pole. I had a manual saw that was on a pole and I've gotten out there and just sweated to death you know going back and forth on on the limbs and I thought man if I had a little chainsaw that would be perfect. And so I went to Lowe's and uh, or Home Depot I think it was and found a battery powered one That I was like man this will work great. And I got it home and got everything. You know, I got a place for it on my wall that I put it up on. I had the place where all my battery packs are charging, and it was nice. And to be honest, I haven't even used the thing yet. And that was nine months ago. And I was thinking to myself, why haven't I used this thing yet? And, I, you know, I figured out the issue is that I bought this pole chainsaw, and even though I bought it, I still have to do the work (laughs) like that's the biggest problem is I still have to do the work the tool is nice and it would help me do the work but I still have to do the work and here's the reality we're sitting in a nice facility and a nice place I wish I could tell you you know it's kind of like that old saying if you build it they'll come you know you all have probably heard that before but it's not like that we have this place we have this tool but yet this building is not going to do the work for us. And so, as we think about what a rededication truly means, I want us to look together at Psalm 78 and think about our charge for the next chapter of ministry. Really, our goal for this place, as we said, is to see the next generation, more worshipers come into this place. I mean, it's hard to imagine as those kids left, the eight and nine-year-olds 40 years from now will be 48 and 49 and have their own kids. And as I stand here just a few weeks away from 35, I'll be 75 40 years from now. It's hard to imagine what this place might look like 40 years from now, right? Uh, But as we think about it, we know the goal is to uh, see people experience God and, and still come to know Christ for years to come. And the only way that will happen is if we are committed to teaching the next generation about the Lord as we think about this, this was one of the things we know that Israel was instructed to do. You can look at Deuteronomy 6 and see it's called the Shema. Uh, It's very specific that God tells them to teach their children about him as they have the next generation to teach them, to raise them in the ways of the Lord. But if you know much about the story of Israel, you know that they were horrible about forgetting or discarding a lot of the things that God had told them to do. And this was one of the things that they often forgot, they often discarded. And so Psalm 78 really begins as like a wisdom piece in the first eight verses. That's what we're going to look at today. And the rest of Psalm 78 you can read later. It's very poetic, but it kind of tells about what happens when and if um, Israel would discard this, but it's very, um, very important for us to think about it as well. And so let's look at verse one together. We're going to read through verse eight this morning. My people, hear my instruction. Listen to the words from my mouth. I will declare wise sayings. I will speak mysteries from the past, things we have heard and known that our fathers have passed down to us. We will not hide them from their children, but will tell a future generation the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, His might, and the wondrous works He has performed. He established a testimony in Jacob and set up a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children, so that a future generation, children yet to be born, might know. They were to rise and tell their children, so that they might put their confidence in God and not forget God's works, but keep his commands. Then they would not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not loyal and whose spirit, was not faithful to God. Father, as we look at your word this morning, help this really be a time for us to dedicate ourselves to you. May your spirit minister to us this morning and lead us into truth. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to find from this passage this morning that believers should be dedicated to telling the next generation about the Lord and about his works so that they may come to be faithful followers of him. This is so crucial, it's so important. And so this morning I want to ask the question uh, from these eight verses. What happens when and if we tell the next generation about the Lord? What are some of the things that we could see happen if we faithfully commit this, faithfully rededicate ourselves to this, to saying we're going to continue on in the work of the ministry teaching the next generation? Well, first we're going to find that faithfully teaching the next generation about the Lord helps us remember the past. Now, as we think about this morning, we know that remembering the past is important. Uh, we, we can learn many stories about each other, about, about other people, lessons that we've gone through and been through in life. I remember uh, when my granddaddy was alive, he used to share stories about when he was a kid and a teenager with me. One of my favorites uh, was just when he was telling about when he and my granny started dating a long time ago, and it was just neat to hear some of that, those stories. But doing that and sharing those stories with me not only helped me learn, but allowed him to remember the past. Now, we've talked already this morning about how Israel was horrible for forgetting the past. Like, it just, it seemed like God would tell them something or command them to do something or he would do something amazing for them. And they would remember it for a while and then after a while it was like, well, it's like it never happened almost. And they seemed to always forget what God had done for them. And then they were disobedient about teaching their children, teaching others about that. And really in verse 2 and verse 3, this is a recommitment, a rededication for telling what God has done. Look at verse 2. I will declare wise sayings. I will speak mysteries from the past, things we've heard and known that our fathers have passed down to us. You see, the reality is that when we teach others, It helps us remember what God has done for us and helps us to worship God for who He is and everything He's done. And honestly, sometimes we can be like Israel. We can be forgetful of some of these things and we need daily, constant reminders of what God has done for us. Now, as we sit in this place this morning, I want you to just stop and consider in this building, this building alone, What God has done for you personally. You know, maybe you've just been coming to our church for a few weeks or months or years. Maybe you've been in this place your your whole life. Maybe you've been in this building since it uh, was built. Maybe you saw the steeple being put on top. But I want you to think about some of the things that God has done for you in this place. Maybe you were saved in this building, maybe you were baptized in this building. Perhaps there was a moment that God really ministered to your heart and you rededicated your life or began serving the Lord for the first time in this place. Maybe you got to see someone in your family come to know Christ. Maybe through this time you, had, uh, you were ministered to by other people in the church, maybe at a funeral or maybe through a financial hardship or some other type of difficulty, and God used the people in this place to minister to you through the power of His Holy Spirit. Now, as you think about that and and just redwell on that, I want you to think about how refreshing that is to stop for a moment and consider all God has done. Now, think for a moment. If you committed your life to to say, I'm going to tell my children about this or I'm going to tell others about what God has done for me, every time you do that, you allow yourself to be reminded of how faithful and good God is. All the things that he's done for you. This place, of course, brings back many memories of what God has done for us, and today we celebrate a lot of that. And listen, we cannot forget what God has done. Most of all, we can't forget that he sent Jesus into the world to die on the cross and come back to life for us so we can be saved. And all of these works that God does for us, we have to remind ourselves by telling others and so we see the importance of that and passing down what's been passed down to us and helping us remember the past. But faithfully teaching the next generation about the Lord not only helps remind us of the past, but it helps us to live in the present. Look at verse 4. We will not hide them from their children, talking about those things that God has done, but will tell a future generation the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, his might and the wondrous works he has performed. So here they are committing to tell this next generation about it. And as they are telling, I want you to know that as we tell others, we not only prepare ourselves for living today for Christ, but we prepare them for living today for Christ. Well, let's be honest this morning. To navigate this life without Christ, it's like driving down the road at night with your headlights off right? You can't see anything. There's no way to do it properly. There's no way to get through life, and we know that trying to do that just ends to death and destruction, and that's what the Bible says to live our lives without Christ and to try to navigate this life. You might have some times that you would say are good times, which are just common graces of God. You might have some blessings that you don't deserve, but at the end of everything, if we die without Christ, the Bible says that we are headed for hell, that we can only find life in Christ. And so to prepare others to live in the present, we have to be telling them about Jesus. We have to be committed and rededicate ourselves to this calling to share the gospel, to help them grow in the knowledge of the Lord. You know, one of the things I've realized even more recently, like this uh, past summer when I took the youth to camp, is things are changing A lot of things change. You know, being a teenager today is somewhat the same but somewhat different than when I was a teenager. A lot of new challenges, a lot of new lingo that I don't even know what it is, you know. But that's just how life is. Things change, right? We've all seen change happen. Obviously, in this building, we've seen some changes. And there might be some of you that feel like man change is just hard to deal with but it's a reality of life that things change because people change and we have to like keep moving forward to reach the next generation but I want you to know that even though everything changes around us that if we want to prepare people to live today no matter if that today is now or 40 years from now like if we want to prepare them today We prepare them to live for Christ by teaching them about the Lord because God never changes. We can preach the same message 40 years ago. The first sermon that was preached here could be preached here today and be preached here 40 years from now. Why? Because the Lord never changes. So as we commit to tell the next generation about the Lord and to tell others about the Lord, we prepare them to live today because God never changes. Take a look at verse 5. psalmist continues on. He established a testimony in Jacob and set up a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers to teach their children. Now, we talked about how they didn't keep that very well. Sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. But the reason he commanded them to teach the next generation was this. Look at verse 6. So that a future generation, children yet to be born, might know... They were to rise and tell their children so that they may, might put their confidence in God and not forget God's works, but keep his commands. So faithfully teaching the next generation about the Lord helps them to teach others in the future. Now stop and consider for your own life. There was a time when you didn't know anything about God. There was a time when you didn't, and someone taught you. And now because of that, you have the opportunity to teach someone else. And here's what's crazy to think about you know, as we think about the effect that telling others about Christ can have on generations to come. I was thinking about that this week. Who we teach today, say if we teach a, a 10-year-old today about Christ, 20 years from now, that 10-year-old will be 30 years old and may be teaching their own children about Christ. And then 20 years, Years from then, you would have 50 year olds and 20 to 30 year olds, and then the next generation. So, think about this by teaching some child or somebody else about Christ today, when we're thinking about the next 40 years in this building, you have the potential to impact two or three more generations at minimum. And then who knows what will happen after that? You see, this is why this calling is so important. If we neglect this, and just sit in a building and and don't continue on in the work of the ministry, then that longevity won't happen. If we want the longevity to happen, if we want to keep going, we have to be committed to faithfully teaching others to faithfully be teaching the next generation. So we've seen together this morning in this passage that the next generation, as we faithfully teach them, it helps us remember the past. It prepares all of us to live in the present, And it helps them to teach others in the future. But perhaps maybe this morning, as you're thinking about this, you're thinking, well, somebody else will do this. You know, I I don't, it's not a big deal if I participate in this. Or, What happens if we buy into the lie that this building or anything else will do the work for us? Let me remind you, Israel bought into the lie that it didn't matter. Look at verse 8, what happened. Psalmist says, if we tell others they wouldn't be like their fathers because they weren't told, and this is what happened a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not loyal and whose spirit was not faithful to God. And so while today is a celebration and rededication of this building, really it's a dedication or rededication of ourselves. It's a rededication of ourselves to doing the faithful work of the ministry that God has called us to do, to share with others, to share with the next generation. And maybe this morning, as you sit here, you think, you know, I never dedicated my life to Christ. And you want to be part of this journey with us. The Bible says if you repent of your sins, turn from those things, and believe Jesus died on the cross and came back to life for you, you can be saved. And you do that simply by crying out to the Lord and saying, God, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. I believe Jesus died on the cross and came back to life for me, and I want to be saved, and I want to follow you. And that next step of following Jesus is by being baptized like we saw this morning. And so if that's you this morning, if you say, I want to know Jesus, I want to be baptized, in just a moment as we sing a hymn of commitment, I want to invite you to come down front and tell me that. I would love to celebrate that with you. But if you're in here and you're a believer and you say, you know, I've been a believer for quite some time, or maybe I'm a new believer, what is my call as a believer? We have to be rededicated to Christ this morning. So how do we reach the next generation? How do we do it? It's not enough just to think, well, you know, I'm gonna do that. What are what are some next steps? Maybe you need to get involved in serving. Maybe you need to rededicate yourself in those ways. Perhaps you used to do it, but you've kind of let it go. Sharing the gospel with other people, your children, your grandchildren, your friends. Living out what you claim to believe. Making sure what you talk about in here is how you live your life in front of others. And then simply doing things like inviting others to church. All of these things are crucial, but here's the thing. Sometimes we think, oh, that's no big deal, and then it slips through the cracks. That's how a generation gets to that point in verse eight. We have to make sure that every single one of us have rededicated our hearts and lives to the faithful work of the ministry that God has called us to. The work won't just happen for us, but when we're faithful to do what God's called us to do, the rewards are untold. And so today, rededicate yourself